What are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to take a moment before we start the show just to acknowledge how fantastic the internet is. I mean, we know it, don't we? When you take some time to reflect on how good it is, we appreciate it. But what's happened in my own world too often is I forget how wonderful the internet is and then every now and then Elon Musk buys Twitter and the world has a breakdown. And it just turns into a glorious glorious thing to watch it's uh, it's remarkable <laughs> it's remarkable watching journalists twitter users people with less than 60 followers on twitter sharing their opinion about what the next best step for elon to take with twitter will be because the truth is you don't need to have done anything in your life to have an opinion on what one of the most successful businessmen in the history of Humanity has uh, <laughs> managed to achieve. This guy, it's funny when you hear people give him advice about business because you look back at his history and you go, okay, he started PayPal. He started his Neuralink. He built rockets. He just bought Twitter. And what, you're going to listen to Stephen from Detroit <laughs> tell you about what you should do with the platform and threaten to leave the platform if... Uh, if he doesn't like your next step, which I guess in fairness, it's the platform is filled with Stephen. I'm a Stephen here in Australia and my threats to leave the platform wouldn't do a whole heap. In fact, if anything, Elon Musk taking over the platform probably gives me a little bit more interest in joining. It's one that I've never really got into in the past. It's one I always feel as though I'm just going into hell when I go to Twitter. It's just aggression and anger and emotion. It's pretty much everything that I'm trying to eliminate in my own life. <laughs> not completely but just to a large degree I always go there and leave 10 minutes later and I go alright Tice do you feel better for being here and immediately I say no and I thought well that's a pretty strong sign that I shouldn't be here but I don't know what the psychologists are doing that they've employed because they, they sucker punch you they're very good at tailoring a feed to keep me around a little bit longer. That's something I'm gonna give them credit for. Credit where credit's due. These guys know how to keep old Popplestone on the platform. The reason he's made uh, such a big such a big fuss this week online is because he's he said that he's gonna implement an $8 fee for people who wanna maintain a verified account on the platform. You know those little blue ticks? If you wanna have a blue tick now, you have to, you have to pay $8 a month. Now, $8 a month for people who have a blue tick is not that much, but it does mean that it's a lot easier for everyone else to get a blue tick, which makes you a little, a little less exclusive. Elon said the reason that he's doing it is because, because apparently it's going to help eliminate spam completely from the platform. So I don't totally understand how it works, but I was watching him and AOC go at it the other day. And my favorite thing with Elon is he just responds in pictures. People put together really coherent arguments like AOC was saying that it's ridiculous that to maintain a verification on the platform, it's going to cost $8. And Elon Elon responded to her saying, thanks for your feedback. Now pay me $8, which is very cheeky. And oh, gee, wouldn't it be horrible to be on the other side of that? Wouldn't it be horrible to absolutely hate the fact that he's taken over the platform? Because 
It's the first time we've heard anyone really speak about the impact that billionaires have over these platforms. Like whenever it's someone who mainstream media can get away with supporting, we go, no, we like that billionaire. That billionaire is very important and everything they're doing is very, very valuable. But then you get someone like Elon who can't be controlled because, I mean, he literally owns the platform now and he's got enough money to start a new one if things don't work out here. It's interesting just to see how much people kick up a fuss about how important the hands that these platforms lie in are, which is maybe a really good foundation for us to have a good conversation around. Um, I don't know, that's maybe what's taking place, isn't it? There's definitely a conversation taking place around what's right, what's wrong, what can you say, what can't you say, but man, it's just got me so excited. It's just got me so excited just to watch the meltdowns. I know it's not healthy, I know it's not good, but there's something about watching a meltdown from time to time where you go, all right, this is beautiful. That's why we have TikTok, isn't it? Because every now and then, you want to see a police officer get a guy in a headlock until he passes out and just go, oh, all right, the police officer, that was, he shouldn't have done that. He's in, he's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> That's what TikTok is, isn't it? My Instagram message inbox is, uh, is just filled with messages from people going, hey, Tice, did you see this? None of it's really beneficial, but gee, it's entertaining. It's like Ted Lasso. Have you guys seen that? Ted Lasso, what a fantastic show. There needs to be more people in the world like Ted Lasso is my decision. People were telling me, Ty, sign up for Apple TV just to watch this show. I said, don't tell me what to do. But enough people did. Enough people did tell me what to do. And so I went home and I got myself a subscription. And it was one of the best investments I've ever made. Ted Lasso is my, uh, I was about to say spirit animal. I hate it. What does that mean? I don't really get it. I don't really get what people mean when they say he's my spirit animal. But he's the eternal optimist. He's a... I think he could be neurotic, in fairness. Like, it's a it's a Ned Flanders kind of optimism. It's He's optimistic when there's no reason whatsoever to be optimistic about what's taking place, which some might say is a sign that he's just got a really good mindset. I also say it's a sign that you're probably not in touch with your negative emotions. I'm also not a psychologist, and I have... No evidence for what I just stated being true. But it sounded like a fair take as I uh, as it came through my mind, so I thought I'd share that with you. Anyway, how's your week been? It's Friday. It's Friday over here. It's Friday wherever you are right now, I, I anticipate. Even in America right now, it's, it's 20 to 4 here in Melbourne, which means, yeah, even in the United States, we're probably looking at early hours of a Friday morning. So welcome to your Friday. It's good in case you're uh, in case you're just waking up. It's a good day that you're getting ready for. I've just come back from a swim at the, the beach because I had one of those mornings where, do you know those mornings where you just get too, you get too focused on the computer? Like you're there and you get in the zone and then you forget and you're like, fire out, that was five hours. And then you go, okay, I can't look at another, I can't look at the computer screen because I'll throw it at the floor and it'll smash. I, I just can't be doing this with my time. So I went over to the beach and uh, had a little lunchtime dip. I was going to go over there and just sit there and chill out by the water, have a little look, just contemplate a little bit. Every, I feel good when I go out and just, you, when you just look beyond a computer screen out and you can see just like no, no finish line, you, you feel a little bit good. Something about that feels nice, doesn't it? It does something to your brain. It's like when you look up at the sun and your, your body sort of shudders. <laughs> Does yours do that? I don't have a like. If you look up at the sun, tell me like your eyeballs shudder a little bit. They're like, I, I think it's a, I think it's a shock mechanism to say, hey, stop staring at this because it's, it's going to be dangerous for your long term eye health. But I noticed that the other day. I looked up at the sun. And I had this weird jitter, like like a little piss shiver, <laughs> for your eyes. And uh, yeah, the other day. So I thought I'll try that again. And every time I do it, 
I have the same response. I have to stop doing it actually because the amount of time I've spent looking at the sun just to test this reflex over the last couple of weeks, it's it's definitely not healthy. It's definitely not healthy. I'm already starting to notice that some very small words are a little bit blurry, which is which is confronting. It doesn't help as well because Jessie's got the most incredible vision of anyone I've ever met. So she'll see a really small word and see it clearly in dark light and go, babe, can you read that? And I go, not well. And she's like, oh my gosh, you need glasses. I go, well, you know, I'm not going to compare if I'm a fast runner uh, based on what time I run compared to Usain Bolt. That's not a fair comparison. What I will do is I'm going to compare someone who doesn't have x-ray vision to my own site. And then maybe with that, it'll give me a bit more of an honest review on whether or not my, my site's poor. I don't think it is. I think it's. I think it's actually marvelous. I think I've got great vision, but it's just small words in dull light. So I'm sorry if you're struggling with vision. I've just. I've just realised my sight's exceptional. Um, I'd love to be able to accompany you in your uh, in your blindness, but for me, I uh, I can see everything, <laughs> which is which is good. One thing I saw today, which was. Uh, you I mean you can't spend too much time looking at this kind of stuff because it's it's every 16 year old boy's idea of what a lesbian is isn't it did you see miss puerto rico and miss argentina just they privately they secretly got married it was secret till they announced it and then they show photos of these two and you go hang wait is this a it has to be a publicity stunt i'm sure you ever heard that saying if it seems too good to be true it probably is it's one of those ones. My friend sent me a message. He goes, Tyce, have you seen this? I said, I, I shouldn't. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to look at that because uh, every now and then you have to put your foot down. You just have to read the art. You have to read the articles without the images because otherwise it plays tricks on your mind. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry to put that image in your mind. Google it once and then just and then just limit it to that. Because the title of Miss Anything, like if you're Miss, if you're Miss Argentina, Miss Australia, whatever, like you're doing well. There's a lot of people in your country. So if they're, if they're claiming that you're one of the best of the best in terms of looks, I mean, I was going to say, imagine what their kids would look like, but I guess that's not, yeah, women can't have kids alone. Mind you, the lady, I got very confused about this. I actually hadn't, I hadn't thought about sperm donors and things like that. And the lady who was a lesbian, he, she's still a lesbian, runs our local cafe. She was having a kid, and I, for a minute, I was like, I've just, it, it took me a while to, I didn't want to ask questions, because we're living in a weird time where you're not supposed to ask questions. Everyone's just supposed to know. I was thinking, crap, is the line that women can have kids now without any support from any man at all? I, I'm, I just got confused. This is the same chick as well that when I first met her, I was asking her about her boyfriend, asking her about how long she's run the cafe for and if they run it together. And then I caught up with a mutual friend of ours and our mutual friend says, no, she's a full-blown lesbian. And I had to go back to her and go, hey, why did you handle that so well when I was asking you about your boyfriend the other day? You didn't tell me you're a lesbian. She goes, look, I just couldn't be bothered with it, to be honest. She goes, the amount of people that I'm just meeting. She goes, I didn't know at that stage that we were going to have anything to do with each other. So I thought, I'll just let you go. I'll let you go and I'll never have to clear it up again. And then before you knew it, I was eating lunch with her and her wife and uh, and their little boy and pretending I knew exactly how it all came to be. Still not 100% sure, but I'm getting a better idea. Um, and it also gets to a point in your life where you're like, all right, I probably shouldn't have left it this long before I asked any questions. If you want to ask these style questions, you have, it's like when you don't know someone's name. Have you ever had that experience where you, you meet someone and you've asked their name twice now and then you've forgotten it again and you see them six weeks later and you're like, hey, hey, sis, hey, brother, how you doing? It's one of those kind of situations. It's like, all right, the moment of asking how it all came to be, is uh, it's gone. So you have to go and find a mutual friend and ask them what their name is. It's one of those kind of situations. Very, It's very confusing.
being alive in 2022. I remember in 1997, my biggest... Like it was, it's weird how what they taught us in primary school, all of a sudden there's a... Like to the woke left mob is 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 just craziness. I'm not sure. I remember the first thing I learned at school was there's boys and there's girls. It's like that kindergarten cop scene where it's like boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. You can't be making movies like that in 2022, can you? <laughs> Even though we all know it's true, you got to pretend. You got to pretend it's not true because otherwise you get yourself in trouble. Anyway. Speaking of getting yourself in trouble, old Kanye, poor old Kanye's got himself in trouble the last couple of weeks. I spoke about it last week, but Kanye had a podcast interview with Lex Friedman where he started speaking about everyone in the world with any more power than him being Jewish. And I mean, it didn't, I feel as though what he was trying to express, it didn't really come across too clearly. Do you know where you get to the end of a sentence and you realize, oh crap, what I was trying to say wasn't what I just said? And everyone heard what you said rather than what you were trying to say. It's He had that experience. And at the end of it, he realized that... Well, actually, the truth was I don't think he realized that everyone heard something different. He just kept trying to, he kept trying to explain it and just kept getting worse and worse. So he, he, this morning he announced that he's doing a 30-day fast. Is that what it's called? He's not going to speak for 30 days. He also said he's not going to have sex for 30 days. I think he said he's not going to look at porn for 30 days. And he's not going to, it was no speaking, no porn, no sex. I don't know what you guys think about this. No sex for 30 days. I, I thought that was a little bit of a brag. It could just be because my wife's had a baby just a month ago. So like the idea of 30 days doesn't sound like, I mean, he must be, he must be going all right. But I also thought, it's a weird one, because I thought he, he seems to be a, a big ambassador for getting Kim back. I, I thought that was one of the things that came up a lot on the podcast last week. And I thought, well, okay, this guy this guy will just be saving himself once again for, for remarriage to Kim. But it's apparently not. Apparently he's, uh, he's going for it, Kanye style. You probably can't underestimate just how much how much love these these guys are getting, can you? Because like any street corner that you go to, street corner is the wrong expression. I made him sound like a prostitute. I know he's not that. But wherever you go with the um, reputation that Kanye have, there's going to be someone who's interested in giving you a little cheeky cuddle, isn't there? That's why I used to give Tiger Woods a really hard time. You go, mate, like the guy, the guy cheated on his wife. He had nine different girlfriends that we know of. And then you go, hang on a second. He's a, he was a decent looking man. He's the best golfer in the world. He's a huge name. Power does funny things. You, like you see a big fat Kevin just say, hey, I would never do that if I was in Tiger Woods. Kevin, you probably would, mate. You probably would. This guy's got one of the most incredible levels of self-discipline of any human we've ever met, and all of a sudden, even he's found himself in a little pickle. Well, they've found themselves on his pickle. You know what I'm trying to... It's just a weird... Words are funny sometimes. You've got to be careful with how they come out because every now and then you, you start talking about landing on Tiger Woods' pickle, which is a, a strange... De uh, you know, it's a deviation to where it was that we're going. But what I'm trying to say, it's going to be interesting. I don't reckon Kanye lasts 30 days without speaking, does he? Because you'd start talking to yourself. It's like it's one of those things where you say, all right, I'm not going to masturbate for 30 days, and you have a wet dream. You're like, is that the same? Is, is that the same? Just because just because you weren't doing it uh, physically, you're just doing it purely with your mind. I'm not 100% sure how that works, but surely he'll wake up talking to himself. And I'm so competitive. If I woke up speaking to myself when I said I was doing a 30-day silent challenge, I would feel tempted to start again. And to be honest, I feel like based on the amount that I do talk to myself, just 
without meaning to, it'd be a challenge that I'd have to continually restart for the remainder of my time here on earth. And it could be a very, very long process. No speaking for 30 days. The idea of not speaking for 30 days, I know, I think my wife would love it. She would love it for two days, I reckon. She would love it for two days, me not speaking. Then she'd go, babe, all right. Like the house isn't as hilarious without you sharing all your great ideas and wisdom and stuff like that. So it'd be added pressure for me to, uh, to speak a little bit. Can you tell me what's going on with all these people gluing themselves to stuff? I don't really understand what's happening here. What, when did that become the thing? It's weird how trends take off. Remember in 2013, it was the, it was the plank? Is that what it was called? It's just the plank where you would just lay in a plank position on random surfaces. And now all of a sudden people are throwing chicken soup or tomato soup and, and gluing themselves to the my favorite my favorite story of someone gluing themselves to anything was was it in the UK the other day? Some climate change activists ran into the Porsche warehouse and they, they glued themselves to the ground to protest climate change. And the blokes there said, All right, well, see you tomorrow. <laughs> and they just they turned off the lights and <laughs> shut the factory down and that's the way to do it, isn't it? That's the best way to do it. You call their bluff, and they're getting stressed because they needed to go to the toilet. I reckon the rule is you leave them there till they shit their pants. That, that should be the rule. If they've come and disrupted whatever it is that you're doing, you should be allowed to leave them there till they shit their pants. That's, that's my thought. I haven't researched it too much, but I, just, I think uh, on the surface it sounds as though that's a, a good way to do it. I saw this morning that some lady in Canberra, of all places, like if you're going to protest, you got to. I know social media is a powerful thing, but there's only so many people that you can see glue themselves to so many things before it becomes less of a, less of a clickable thing. Like it just it, it gradually becomes normal. Remember in the '90s when Back to the Future was a big movie and they spoke into their watch. Like if you saw a watch that you could speak into now. If you saw a watch that you could speak into in the 90s and that was on like a social media platform, that would, that would attract so much attention. But you see a watch that you can speak into now and people are more interested in when the, when the newer model is coming out. And I think that's a little bit what's happening with, with people gluing themselves to stuff. Already I saw this, I go, okay, well, the Porsche one was okay. There's someone else has glued their head to the Mona Lisa. I'm not 100% sure. You know, Girl with a Pearl Earring, it might not have been a great book, but you can't just go sticking your face to the, uh, to the photo frame. <laughs> It's, I reckon that we should just make a universal law that anyone who glues themselves to anything in the coming months should just remain there till they poo their pants. I think that's a fair call. Or you just cut their arm off, which is, I mean, that's a little over the top twice. It's very violent. I'm not 100% sure what that says about my character. If you were a psychoanalyst and you heard me say that, I'm pretty sure there'd be some there'd be some stuff that you'd had to you'd have to look down a little bit deeper to find out what's going on there because that was that was a graphic jump, wasn't it? From leaving someone in a place until they poo their pants to you know taking brute force to cut off one of their body parts just to make your point. It's a it's a big jump, but I mean it wouldn't happen again. You say it wouldn't happen again, would you? But but the truth is, I think it would. Like, remember, remember corporal punishment in schools back in the day? It's not like they just got everyone to a point where they're like, all right, that's enough. We've slapped the shit out of these kids enough that they, they, they all get the point. They're not going to have to do it again. They're not going to have to worry about it anymore. It never got to that point. 
until the government overruled it. I'm not 100% sure how that came out, actually. Like, I guess it's just been a gradual progression towards being more and more woke over the years. In the 70s, you used to be able to hit the shit out of your kids, and, and now you can't even say they're a naughty boy. Otherwise, uh, you know, you'll get in trouble for misgendering them. It's a very confusing time. Oh, boy. But what do you do? What do you do? One of the things that confuses me about Elon Musk is how he multitasks so well. I mentioned at the start what he does. He's got PayPal originally. He's got brain brain waves or whatever that's brain chips. He's got rockets. Now he has Twitter. How do you how do you choose what to do with your your time during the day? People always say in this situation, no, you just you come up with the ideas and then you just delegate people to make sure the ideas work. But you also have to be able to switch off and trust that that person's going to do their job. Which I reckon that's the part that I would find hard. I'd be calling them every ten minutes, going, "Oi, do you you haven't forgot that, have you? Like you haven't forgot to remember I said to do the email." I just noticed it hadn't gone through yet. So was there something, is there something wrong? That's micromanaging. That says more about me, doesn't it? This is like a psychoanalysis of my own personality today. But I'm pretty sure whatever I've just, uh, whatever I've just stated there suggests something. It's, in, yeah, I don't know. Because the thing that I've found since having two kids is like the days just fly by. And, and my older boy's at daycare today. And it's still, I'm like, all right, where should, I, where should I put all my time? Where should I invest my time? And I've read Atomic Habits. I read it and it was very, very helpful. But then it comes to the practical side of it. You go, all right, like where, where really do I invest my time? Because I'm not 100% sure, uh, not 100% sure how to do this. I just start the day with a workout. A workout's a good way to start the day, I reckon. I went for like a pretty hard run yesterday morning and I feel as though that's a really nice way. If you can start your day with a good workout that leaves you a little bit tired, I notice for the rest of the day, there's no such thing as anxiety in your day if you've had a good hard workout. I went out yesterday and I just did like a, a 20 minute tempo run or a 30 minute tempo run. And I got, I got a little bit excited. I got a little bit carried away with the pace, but by the end of it, I go, oh, that was, that was wonderful. And when you're a little bit fatigued, I feel as though there's not as much jumpy energy in your mind. So it's easy to just sit down and focus on important tasks. You don't just start jumping from Instagram to Twitter to Facebook. You start jumping on things that are more important. Sorry, I'm just looking out here because there's a magpie. I'd love to be able to show you this. Actually, I'm going to show you this. Have a look here. I'll zoom that around. I'm pretty sure this magpie is attacking a... I haven't zoomed in far enough there. But there's a magpie... I'm fairly sure eating another bird alive in my neighbor's backyard, which, uh, do you know what it is? That cheeky bugger, I know exactly what he's done there. You know how young magpies do that thing where, I think they just wrestle to, they get themselves prepared to swoop adults for when they're older, but to get themselves trained up, they've got to, they've got to wrestle in someone else's backyard. I honestly thought live on the Pop Culture Podcast, we were witnessing a magpie take the life of another bird. And I just felt my attention constantly directed over there, so I had to acknowledge what it was that I was looking at. Which is ironic, considering how, how much I was talking about focus being a, an important part of your day and how much exercise in the morning can keep you focused. And in the middle of that rant, I, I got sidetracked with a magpie attacking its little baby friend. I don't think I exercised hard enough this morning. I went out on one of those uh, those those stationary rowers, and I did. It's called a monofartlek in the world of running. And a monofartlek is where you go out and you do 90 seconds pretty hard, 90 seconds recovery. You do that twice. Then you do the same with one minutes, but you do it four times. Then you do the same with 30 seconds four times. Same with 15 seconds four times. It's a very hard workout. And when I finished the workout today, I thought, oof, that's going to keep me focused. 
And then six hours later, I'm looking out the window in the middle of a podcast at a magpie playing with its friend. Tomorrow, tomorrow will be a much more difficult workout. Got the weekend tomorrow. I had a couple of good gigs the last, what, what day is it today? It's Friday. Wednesday, I went down to Melbourne, did three gigs. I was telling the audience in one of the gigs that uh, I'm often mistaken as a gay man, and I asked them if they were surprised by that. And one lady in the audience yelled out, based on the way you're wearing your jeans, I'm not surprised at all. And I thought, well, that's a very specific reference as to why I'm mistaken as gay, isn't it? Especially because I'm not always wearing these jeans. I had the ankles cuffed a bit. They were folded up because I thought that was what you did. Well, I guess that is what you do because I was, I was about to say, I guess that's what you want to do if you'd be stylish. And stereotypically, not always, there's a couple of fat slobby ones, but there's a lot of gay men who are very stylish. So perhaps she had a point. Strange though, there's a guy there called Hugo, a lovely guy, but um, I thought we were joking at the start. But a date had abandoned him. He was there on a, a Tinder date. He'd been there since 4pm and, and whoever it was that he was waiting to see didn't rock up. And he was a young guy, he must have only been 18, but he was sitting there drinking vodka and lime. And I think he had had a lot of vodka and limes. And I started asking him questions midway through a set, midway through my set. And I thought he was laughing. And then for a moment, I thought he was crying. And I had to ask him, I said, dude, what, what are we doing here? Are you laughing or crying? And he said, I'm not, I'm not sure. And it got awkward and very serious. And then I felt bad for taking the attention of the whole audience and placing it on him as he navigated his way through a difficult emotional time in his own life. So Hugo, I, I hope you're doing well. Man, the open mic scene, it's, you, you gotta see it, it's such a funny experience. Some nights it's pumping. Some nights you go out there and the crowd is just, they're there for comedy. The other night, honestly, the same place as where Hugo was, there was a girl at the back called Tonya. And I said to her, cause she was sitting there by herself at the start of the night, I said, hey Tonya, did you know that this was an open mic comedy room? She said, I had absolutely no idea. I said, so you're just here to catch up with your friend and now all we're doing is making your conversation more difficult. And she said, that's, that's correct. I said, well, Tonya, I won't judge you if you leave. She didn't, we got Tonya laughing a little bit. It was Tonya's friend who told me that uh, my cuffed jeans were, were the giveaway that I might've been a gay man. But that's the thing, it's not, it's not the first time that's happened in the world of stand-up comedy either. There's, it's a very hit and miss kind of audience. And one thing that you often hear people who have become established in the comedy world say is, I'm so glad I got my audience. Because when you've got your audience, they know what you're about. There's, there's not as many misconfusions or misconceptions about what you're trying to say. There's no one heckling because they believe that you're an asshole based on the fact that they don't understand humor. <laughs> but when you've got your own audience, hopefully people know what they're, uh, what they're getting the tickets for. So... It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. It's um. Oh, I see. You started at the bottom. Now we're here. They always. I often say, look, it's it takes ten years, is what Joe Rogan says, to become any good at comedy. I've been doing it for three, so it's an adventure. It's a journey for all of us. We're all figuring out. So we're all sort of, yeah, you know, it's just a weird little journey together when you're on stage for five minutes. Sometimes the laughter is deafening, sometimes the silence is deafening, but either way, you leave that place and you promise yourself that it's exactly what you needed to experience. Anyway. I'm keeping this one short today. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. I've got to go pick up my little man from daycare, but um, thanks for being here. Oi, keep a close eye on what Elon Musk is up to this week. I can guarantee, I promise you, it's very entertaining. I put up a video about it on YouTube this week as well, so go and have a look at that if you want. Type in Tyson Popple. There's only one Popplestone, I'm pretty sure, on YouTube. It's not that much of a common name. Go and check it out. Hit subscribe, why don't you? Come and join the party over there. 
But for now, ladies and gentlemen, may the Lord himself bless you and your family, and I'll see you all here again next week.